This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, walking to Wrexham 1. And, well, that was a, a bit of a nightmare day, wasn't it? Really, Wrexham, the winning run, I'm sorry, as your unbeaten run ending, but not just that, in the circumstances that it did, after Stockport had lost unexpectedly at Yeovil, opening the door for our title challenge to become very, very tangible, is a real frustration. Um, I've got to say, having looked at it again, we definitely did not live up to our standards. It was a real underperformance by Wrexham. Woking, though, uh, under their new manager, Darren Saal, and by the way, he's beaten us twice now this season. He was the guy who was in charge of Yeovil when they won at the race course. Well, it's got to be said that we still shouldn't have lost it and could easily have won it. Because the truth is, Woking showed a lot of energy and did well to stop us from playing well. But they didn't really make chances. And it was our sloppiness that cost us. Plus maybe one tactical call which, which backfires. Poor Liam McAlinden, who of course got sent off decisively against Yeovil in that game I mentioned earlier, had a rotten time with it left wing back when he was brought on early on. And that was probably a key point too. A couple of big refereeing decisions to talk about as always. But the bottom line is Wrexham did underperform. And that is a real frustration uh, because they were nowhere near the levels that they set for themselves through that fantastic sequence of home games and paid the price as a result. So anyway, unchanged team for the eighth day game in a row. Uh, but that didn't last long. Worryingly, after just six minutes, Callum McFadgen had to pull up. It looked like he'd uh, strained his hamstring. Let's hope it's nothing more than just a bit of a strain in a challenge with Lozar as he was trying to run the ball out for a throw-in. And he was replaced by Liam McAlinden. Now, th this is the big call that Parkinson made that maybe didn't work out right. Uh, McAlinden on as early as the sixth minute. I mean, he's... Uh, He's, he's not a wing-back, uh, but he's done a very good job this season in certain circumstances as a wing-back. However, I would say those circumstances are when we are going for broke and trying to chase the game. Now, playing him for pretty much the whole match at wing-back was a gamble. And it was a gamble which was punished by Woking, to be honest. I'm not trying to call McLendon out. It's not his position. I'm not trying to call Parkinson out because he's got to make a call. It's either that or put Tyler French on, which is a, a more defensive option. Um, I wish he put Tyler French on, if I'm honest with you, though, because almost immediately McAlinden made an error. The ball played into the feet of Johnson on the right wing. McAlinden massively overcommitted, trying to rush out to him, sold himself completely. Johnson was past him, cut into the box. Young came across and made a tackle. Johnson went to ground. The referee didn't give a penalty. Having watched all the BC replays from all the different angles, I think the ref got it right. But, I, you know... I, I, I don't want to state my reputation on it, such as it is. I don't think if Young gets a contact on the balls, he stretches across, and there's not much. Johnson maybe goes down a bit easily, and that might influence the ref. But personally, if the ref had given the penalty, I don't think I would have complained. There was an immediate frustration for Exxon because the initial ball was played straight out to Hall Johnson, who had a great chance on the break, but sadly had a heavy first touch, and it went away. Now, the rest of the half was, was really characterised by Wrexham's struggle to, to get the ball down and play and move it around. And I, I do wonder whether we might have slightly overthought the tactical side of this. I don't want to sound like an idiot saying that. But 
walking centre-backs, as I mentioned in the preview, are, are slow and clumsy, but physical. And it looks to me like we weren't getting the ball down and moving it about side to side and building up and getting those players into positions where we our patterns of play come in, uh, as as we usually do. There could be lots of different factors for that, and part of it was Walking's hard work off the ball because they were extremely energetic. But I also felt it was because we maybe were trying to put balls in behind those slow centre backs, get them on the turn, and exploit them. Now I think that's a very good idea, but. I think we needed to try and build up a bit more so that we could play those passes in from better areas. We played a lot of long, hopeful stuff, um, which was dealt with comfortably by Diarra and McNerney, those two centre-backs. Although it's got to be said, McNerney found a friend in the referee because almost from the outset, he went through the back of Palmer with his arm, smacking into Palmer's head. It should have been the yellow. The referee didn't, I guess, because it's early in the game. He then committed another yellow card offence. And amazingly, the referee gave him a second final warning before finally bucking him after about half an hour. If he'd been on the yellow from the start, McNerney might have had a few more problems with Palmer. But as it was, he dealt with it okay. So yeah, I thought maybe our build-up play wasn't quite as patient as usual and we were squandering possession a bit too much. We started about halfway through the first half to make half chances, though we started to get a bit of a grip on the game. Young driving in a free kick from the flank into the near post. It was headed out, dropped a Mullen on the penalty spot. Awkward one for him, he, he, he had to control it and get out from his feet, but he managed to toe-poke a powerful shot, which was deflected wide, a good block by Rolls. Then it was a good piece of work in the box by Palmer laying it off for Young and Young just tried to rip it into the top right corner, couldn't quite pull it in enough and put it just wide from about 20 yards. Mullen then, oh, teeing up a, a great chance, brilliant play by Mullen on the right, turning and, and dinking the most delicious chip over the top, perfectly timed run by Davis and he's one-on-one -on -one with the keeper about eight yards out. The tragedy was though that he had to wait for the ball to bounce for him and because of the, because it was a chip, it had a bit of backspin on it, so it came to him sort of quite slowly, and at an awkward height, he tried to wait for it to come down, and that allowed Long King, the fullback, to come round the side and make a great challenge. Just got something on it, and that allowed it to nudge to the keep the keeper. A real opportunity, but a very difficult take for Davis. Then there was a, an opportunity from a really cleverly worked free kick. Davis just receiving the ball tapped to him by Young driving forwards and then playing a clever ball down the side for Mullen's run Mullen pulled it back to the back post where Jones picked it up cut inside his man and from 10 yards out drilled a terrific shot which hit the bar and ricocheted away to safety before two minutes before the break Wrexham well Carved out a chance, Palmer with a lovely flick over the top, Mullen one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, trying to lob him, under hit it and the keeper saved it. The flag went up for offside, it most definitely wasn't offside, although I, I don't think that Mullen saw the flag, I think he was genuinely going for goals, so I guess it wouldn't have led to a goal anyway. But then Wrexham in the last minute of the half did take the lead, in bizarrely fortuitous circumstances, um, Davis doing well to feed the ball across to the left-hand side after Kretschmar had miscontrolled the ball in midfield. McAlinden picking her up, driving down the line, trying to drive in across, and Johnson come running back into his box, managed from 15 yards out to get his head on the driven cross and deflect it inside the near post to give Wrexham the lead. Great ball in by Davis to McAlinden to open play up quickly on the break. McAlinden, good ball into the right area, 
But Johnson, I don't think he knew too much about it. He was just sprinting back to try and make ground and it slammed into him before he knew what was going on. So Wrexham in a lead at half-time. Certainly wasn't a good fluent performance, but I think it's fair to say that on balance we probably were worth this because we were the only team making any chances. Dibble had absolutely nothing to do. The restart, now this is where the referee starts intervening. Okay, maybe help Wrexham out with the early penalty shouts, but starts intervening in a way that worried me. Straight from the restart, Luke Young has the ball, comes forwards, and the walking skipper, Casey, goes over the top of the ball and, and stamps on his ankle. It's a really poor challenge. The referee doesn't give any card. I mean, honestly, I think if you had VAR, it's a red. It's the sort of thing you see all the time on in the Premier League, where he's gone over, and when you, when you actually look at it, he, he's he's gone over the ball, turned his body and gone in with the wrong foot and stamped down on Young's ankle. It's a red card. Uh, really frustrating that the referee didn't see it. Young was able to continue, he looked in a bit of pain, but he was able to carry on, and it, it continued to be Wrexham who were making the half chances. It was uh, James Jones winning the ball high up the pitch, finding Hall Johnson, a crowded players. Hall Johnson takes advantage of a lucky ricochet, pokes it back to Jones, still crowded out, and he does well to drive a shot on target from 10 yards, which is blocked and deflected behind for a corner. Davis then with a great free kick from 20 yards out, ripping it over the wall, and the keeper, Ross, making a superb, agile tip over the bar before Young then had a chance again from about 25 yards, drilling in a powerful shot, which looked on target, but it hit Palmer and ricocheted to safety. And sadly for Wrexham, that ricochet fell to a walking player and we were undone. The ball was played up the right flank. Johnson made a great charge. McIlinden chasing with him, then lunged in and made an absolutely unnecessary challenge. He didn't have to do it. You know, Johnson's running to the corner flag. Defenders are coming in support. There was no need, but McIlinden dived in, fouled him, got a yellow card, which is a bit harsh. And Wrexham were punished from the free kick. Johnson swung it beyond the far post. Diara got up, and Davis, marking him, jumped with his arms up. Diara headed it back against his arms. I didn't quite understand why the refs took so long thinking about it before pointing to the spot, because it was a blatant penalty kick. Um, I just wonder whether a little tactical tweak just before then had cost us dearly by Woken. They'd been using Ineffiong, a massive, massive target man up front, and he was doing okay, but he wasn't, as you can tell by the fact that Woken weren't making chances, he wasn't actually doing any damage in areas of the pitch that were hurting us. So he was brought off, and Kabanga was brought on. He's still big and muscular, but it was much more sort of dynamic, bursting into spaces. He'd be a key figure in the last 25 minutes of the match. But it wasn't he so much as the fact that Woking had a lot of height in their side, and you could see with the marking matchups that we had from set pieces that we didn't have as much. But having lost Effiong, I just wondered whether we should have changed the marking around a bit because the other massive players, Diara, who's about six foot six, six foot seven, having Davis marking him is a bit of a mismatch. I just wondered whether we could have taken Effiong's marker and put him onto Diara. We didn't, and as a result, they got a penalty. Kretschmar stepped up, sent Dibble the wrong way, and with 25 minutes left, Wrexham suddenly were level again. Now, this is where I sort of don't want to be too harsh on the team. Definitely underperformance, please don't get me wrong. But that goal came out of the blue, really. Wrexham having quite a good spell. Walking, I deserve a lot of credit for the heart they showed, and they did ask questions of us. Because of their size, they d defended our set pieces better than any team I've seen. 
since we started really getting into our rhythm because set pieces we are very impressive aren't we but Toza's long throws weren't causing problems free kicks into the box weren't causing problems they defended their penalty area from set pieces superbly um, and they did restrict our chances as well but still that goal came out of the blue it, that looked like your sort of scrappy 1-0 away win where you're not quite at your top form but you're better than the other team and you, you take it after this it all got a little bit frantic although again there were interventions by the ref that we could have done without. 15 minutes left, 10 minutes of huffing and puffing by Wrexham and not getting things going at all. But we started to get a rhythm going. Palmer receiving a good ball from Davis, turning Diara, who went right through his legs. Definite foul, and he looked like the last defender. And I think that's why the ref said no foul. I mean, it was certainly a foul. I mean, he just clattered through Palmer and flattened him. There were full-backs who were deeper. Woking's defence had got out of shape. The centre-backs were higher than the full-backs. I'm still not convinced they'd have got a cross in time, you know. And for me, the referee has things in his mind, right, if I give the foul, I've got to give a red. So he decides to avoid any hassle and just give nothing. Astonishing decision. Especially as Woking then attacked well down the other end. An attack which ended with an excellent catch by Dibble under his bar, who quickly bowled the ball out, and Wrexham were on the break again. Hall Johnson with a super ball in behind the defence down the right channel. Mullen with a chance to pull the trigger, but the angle always getting tighter and tighter, went for power and lashed it well over the bar. Wrexham made another change then. Dan Jarvis coming on for James Jones. But, like I said, Cabango at the other end was causing a few more issues, especially as Wrexham was starting to take chances. And he drew a superb save from Dibble with 10 minutes left. A great flick on by Nwabuke, another burly player they brought off the bench. Won the good header, Cabango from the edge of the area, drilling it powerfully, and Dibble getting down superbly to, to push the ball away for a corner. But he was helpless in the 86th minute. Moking's third substitute their substitutions worked a treat Anderson had just come on when Loza Toza tried to find McAlinden with a short pass and under Hesses Anderson nipped in not McAlinden's fault this Toza should have made sure played a great early ball to Loza and Loza with a first time finish from 10 yards out gave Dibble absolutely no chance he went nuts with his celebration the walking fans who made really good noise throughout were, were terrific and they were loving it as well and Walking with a head. Jordan Ponticelli came on for Max Clareth, our usual change to try to take a chance at the end. But this time, it wouldn't come. There was one last opportunity when uh, the ball was played in by Hall Johnson to the box. Jarvis in a good position. Uh, backheeled it, but Hall Johnson's strike was well blocked by Diarra as he drove it in with real vicious power from 10 yards out. Hall Johnson, the man who liked scoring and down in the southeast and added time, denied this time. And in fact, Wrexham could have been punished even further as Woking then break, broke away. It looked like it was going to be a goal as Anderson was about to pull the trigger. A fabulous tackle coming back from nowhere by Mullen running back the length of the pitch to make a goal-saving tackle. As he turned, though, he was tackled, and with Dibble helpless, the ball flew past the keeper, but McLinden appeared from nowhere to stop the ball from going in and hacked it away. But all that did was stop the result from being even crueler for Wrexham. A 2-1 defeat, and after Stockport had lost, a real missed opportunity to close the gap. I've got to say, I made a robust argument on Dragonheart, have a listen to it, to say that we will win the league. And that was on the assumption that Wrexham 
Wrexham would win today and Stockport would win at Yeovil. So it's still on. It's still on. But this is that what a frustration for Wrexham to, to lose out in this manner. Uh, performances, not many to write home about in all honesty. In fact, Dibble was one of the very best. He made a couple of very good saves, helped us with the goals. Um, and that was about all the activity that was at Dibble's end, to be, to be honest. But his distribution was good as well. He was very strong on crosses and had more crosses to deal with than shots to deal with, in all honesty. Across the back, I mean, Toza did all right, but then made that mistake for the goal at the end, which he'll be very frustrated with. Hayden had a little bit of trouble with the, the physicality of the, the walking players and their pace, and that's quite a surprise, isn't it? But, yeah, Lozza and Johnson, when they got to run at him, were causing issues for him. Having said that, he, he, he I wouldn't knock him too much. He was still physically strong and, and aggressive. Clever had a decent game at the back. He's only subbed two minutes from the end in order to try and get that, that attacking shape going. He, he did fine. Did, won some good headers against a massive Effiong, to be fair to him. Hall Johnson, again, was quite prominent getting up the pitch. And had, you know, bit, again, like on Monday, a bit better end product. He didn't do badly at all, Hall Johnson. On the left, well, like I said, McFadden's loss was serious. And poor McAlinden had a really rough time of it. Uh, that didn't have an impact going forwards and defensively sadly was exposed Young probably man of the match for me kept going, kept working was in the middle of a lot of the good things that we did Win won tackles, got shots off on the edge of the area Davis was in and out of the game a touch and of course will be very upset with himself for giving the penalty away um, and so unlucky not to get the, that free kick just beyond Ross but, uh, that, and played some decent balls up towards the edge of the area like the one that put Palmer in for the red card and James Jones again I mean he's the one who gets pulled and I understand it when we're trying to chase a game and get a bit more creativity in but again he put in a good shift and was threatening in around the box hit the bar uh, just wasn't quite his day up front Mullen and Palmer were sort of starved of service Palmer particularly had a bit of a struggle especially because McNerney was given a carte blanche as I said earlier to go through the back of him uh, throughout the first half but he didn't get much good service Palmer and was peripheral really uh, Mullen, to be fair, tried to make things happen um, and deserves quite a lot of credit, really, because the, considering the lack of service he got, he was involved and was desperately trying to make things happen. just couldn't quite w achieve it. So a huge shame for Wrexham, a chance missed. But this isn't over yet. It's still plenty of football to be played with a final score of Wokebegabon. That's going to give us the win, then, of walking to Wrexham 1. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.